audience with I come bearing called? gifts. Yeah, yeah I come like, bearing gifts. Really tribute. Like, I just this is sound right, but okay, yeah, cool. <laughs> John brought a tribute of mimosas. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hello, hello, welcome to a free time podcast. I'm your host, Mark Burris. With me, as always, is Peter Blankenship. Yeah. <laughs> And the return of John Girdler. Oh. I'm here. It feels so good to be the back with the righteous return. <laughs> the with the microphone in front of me. Uh, we've been looking forward to it, dreaming about it, thinking about it. I know you've listened to every episode since your absence. Every episode. Mm-hmm. But just in case you forgot, me and Peter have brought up your absence every, in every time. episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of our listeners told me that actually, and I had no idea because I, I mean, I, I have been listening. You just skip the first few minutes because well, you want to get into right. the meat of it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I laugh because you we, know who we are. Because we brought it up during Star Wars about how John didn't feel like he could participate in Star Wars because he didn't watch him. And so we, there was that. <laughs> so and then, let the record show. I've seen Star Wars several <laughs> times. I just been in the rewatch. You're right. In the rewatch. I just, you know, he wasn't going to watch the three movies. I don't want to offend to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> but after our Star Wars a thon, then COVID struck. And so I'm, I'm just happy you're back. Hey, you know what's happened since I've been on? I'm engaged. Yeah. Wait, did we? I don't oh, think I I've been on since I've been that. Oh, we didn't? No, we've definitely mm-hmm. dropped that. I don't know about it. We've made jokes about him and Fran. Oh, well, yeah. Which is the lady to be. <laughs> <laughs> Way to introduce that. <laughs> but yeah, we're all excited about we gotta that. We got to have John. her on the podcast. We do. I, I would, would love to have Fran on the podcast. And I'd love to have it be a weird movie. <laughs> an uncomfortable movie like a relationship movie oh but it's not pleasant <laughs> oh man yeah would i be on tour <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah that would be why we're doing that uncomfortable movie so i get to watch that oh uh, but john you're back and it was your pick because you're back yeah and uh, would you like to introduce your movie I would love to. I chose uh, the horror comedy, uh, an odd combo of Cabin in the Woods from, I believe, 2011, I want to say. Do yeah. I have that right? Yeah. Okay. Originally filmed in 2009. Right. 2008. And uh, yeah, it was. It went through some weird like... MGM was the original distributor or whatever. They, they went it. bankrupt. Lionsgate acquired it. Which Here explains... It's an interesting... Like, because Chris Hemsworth is in this movie, and Thor Chris. came out in two thousand nine, so it was around this Thor era. Oh, he got uh, what? Not not hired, or he got cast as Thor right after after filming this. Yeah, yeah. oh really? Because after filming this, uh, Chris Hemsworth was Thor, and then he got picked up for Red Dawn, which right. also was delayed. Yeah, well, wait, Red- was uh, I was gonna say, was Thor his big break? Oh, like, yeah. was he famous oh, yeah. before? He Thor? was not. No, oh, okay. Thor I don't was Thor's what made him a household name. He had been in things, but. Thor is what set him up to be why everyone knows who Chris Hemsworth hmm. is. Uh, so I remember when this movie came out, I actually thought it was a similar situation to um, Red Dawn, where they were releasing the movie because Chris Hemsworth was now famous. And uh, it was one of those movies where they intentionally had the trailers be super vague and kind of misleading. Well, or, it looked like a normal... Yeah, kids go to a cabin in the woods. And uh, I was more than pleasantly surprised when I saw this in theaters that it really did shock me. I was surprised that this, like, it wasn't spoiled for me. Like, it was, it was so nice to read the reviews when they're like, "The less you know, the better." Just know we enjoyed it. Go watch it. Yeah, go watch. Go in blind. The internet didn't ruin it for me. Yeah, 
Did you see it in theaters, John? Or was I it did? In- yeah. Didn't they try to release it, or the studio wanted them to make it in 3D and they like push back? Yeah. Or yeah. MGM. Because I saw it in one of those theaters that has the uh, thing that like wraps around your head almost and like vibrates the seat. Oh, the you know 40? Yeah. When they tried what? to do 4D for a little while, <laughs> I forgot about that. That's a, that was a funny time in desperate movie theater money grabs. <laughs> they just need more comfortable seats. Yeah. But I think Cabin in the Woods, it's hard to say our generation because we were alive during Scream, but it's, it's... Well, we were like super young Yeah, we were super Scream. young. So I guess this is more of our age groups. Yeah. <laughs> a better way to call it. Scream, where it takes a horror film genre and breaks it down and kind of like, just pulls back the curtain for humor while also continuing to be a horror film. So it uses its tropes against itself in a fantastic way. And they obviously, the, the writers, Josh Whedon, yeah, Josh Whedon. and um, the director, Grud and Gordon, shit, dating something <laughs> or other. Oh, I was waiting. Help him out. Had, I thought you had it. Give it to like, me, bro. <laughs> the director of this movie. I'm a life friend. The director of this movie it was is Drew Godard. Godard. See, so far off. Probably Goddard. 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 Probably Goddard. It was his first movie to direct, but it's very obvious that those two love horror movies for yeah. all of the references and stuff they throw in there. Well, and it's and it's shot like 80s horror films. It's very much like, I, I would almost say that's one of the things I you could say is against the film because it's not creative in its directing or film work. But I almost think that's the intent because they're playing into the 80s style of slasher film and just that, the horror genre. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, this is this is one of those movies I don't watch that often because I don't want it to be ruined by, like, oversaturation. Because I really, this is one of my favorite horror movies just because of, I think, just because of the shock factor of when I first saw it. It catches you so off guard. It's so great. And it's such a simple weird opening if we want to just jump into it yeah. now yeah so I, I did a little bit of homework this time which i don't always do um welcome but, back john and you guys probably <laughs> <laughs> you guys probably saw this same piece of trivia but the opening scene was actually meant it was put there to uh make people think they're in the wrong movie like the directors tried it to like work perfect yeah it's really good it's you're so like, good. what in the world yeah just two guys in what looks in like office an office building talking about wife problems yeah marital problems where the, they don't even have a kid yet and they're like Baby proofing, <laughs> and I love and when they're driving around in the little cart or whatever, and the the title, the title card drops. Up, I'm going ahead and I'm saying I think this is the first reference to a horror movie, and I'm pretty sure that horror movie is Funny Games. I think it has to be because there's no other reason to do that. Because that's if you haven't seen Funny Games, that's one of the the ways that film starts to make you uneasy. It's, is a, it's great, a family driving in a car and, and they they're start listening playing, to classical music yeah like mozart or beethoven oh just so pleasant and when the title card drops <laughs> yeah it's just death metal like yeah. norwegian death metal and so it's still just the family driving the car and, and so it's that same like red exactly poof. so i think that's what they were going for with cabin of the woods and to your point where it was to make you think you're in the wrong theater that's a good whiplash to pull you out of it is how just <laughs> it scared me and I'd seen it before and it's like oh and it's reassuring because you bought a ticket and if you're looking at it at this moment it says Cabin in the Woods and it just it, it's shown up on the screen right now Cabin in the Woods like, like, okay. I think I think this is okay yeah it's it definitely had me thinking in theaters like I thought this was supposed to be a horror film but me and Peter were talking about too um, the dynamic between the two office 
workers mm-hmm. is brilliant. They perfectly hit that stride of two guys that have been working the same job for a long time. Like it's almost that weird friendship that's just out of the necessity of they see each other every day. Mm-hmm. It's not even necessarily of like they have this bond. It's just a like it's an office friendship to the max and yeah. I love it. And it just so happens their job is to help facilitate the, the death save of the world. Yeah, to basically. save the world. They are technically superheroes. <laughs> yeah. The most boring of them. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, when uh, after that though, we're introduced to our um, the cliche the, horror movie opening, mm-hmm. the, the real one, right? Where we're introduced to our teens going for their cabin in the woods trip. <laughs> I actually love this character development mm-hmm. because, with the point being that they're going to fulfill these specific roles down the line, they do a great job of upfront showing that they're not those at all. Yeah, they're not at all those roles. Yeah, in it just it's perfect timing it's almost like a weird version of the Chekhov's gun thing where like they show why they're not that way but they're forced into that habit so then there's the reveal later it's a great just flow because we have our main character um dana dana who is we find out later supposed to represent the virgin but right off the bat we know that she was for teacher she was sleeping with her teacher so immediately you're like Nah, oh, it doesn't fit that role. Fair. Yeah. Did this remind y'all of Scream? The opening. I I know the whole movie like this premise oh, was the same, but like the I don't know if it's the way it was shot or just the way they're introducing the characters. Or yeah, what, it kind of has that vibe where you like you meet Sydney, then you meet Sydney's friend. Yeah, that's the like group. the yeah. As you meet, when they're all and they had like the Randy is the, kind of the equivalent of Marty a little. Yeah. A oh little yeah. Bit. No, mm-hmm. I mean to that point scream and cabin in the woods are doing the same thing where it's like these are tropes even though i would argue that in scream um randy and billy share the role of the fool and that's why it still works out in scream that the fool died because uh billy died or not billy what's the name of uh uh, the guy who plays shaggy's yeah, but no. they're both Stu. Yeah, Stu. Stu. That was Stu. Sorry, and, Stu was also the fool. And with the fool being the murderer as well. Yeah, you know, it, like, it falls in a weird line, but I still think it meets the criteria of what this movie's trying to get across. Yeah, but yeah, I like that. So she's clearly not the virgin because you know she's she's just a nice girl. Her best friend is not a blonde. It's not a blonde. I love that. That's the opening. I love how she reacts to that. Of like, what do you think? It's great. Say um, something. I'm starting to get self-conscious. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. It was, it was great. Uh, Chris Hemsworth, who's supposed to be the jock, but as soon and he as he is an athlete, yeah. But as soon as he's introduced, he is shown to be highly intelligent. Yeah, he's like, oh, what's this book? You don't need this. Yeah, he teaches this in the lecture. This is both an interesting read and like good for the <laughs> exams. Like, it's great setup. Then he checks the football out the window and his friend happens to be there to catch yeah. it. <laughs> Whoa! Think faster than that. <laughs> but yeah, it's just a good character introduction because then, yeah, like you said, that kid who catches the football, when he's introduced, Chris Evans doesn't say, or sorry, Evans, Chris Hemsworth doesn't say not anything about that kid being intelligent. Because mm. well, he's not. Pu- it's purely like athletic. Yeah. He says he's like the best hands on the team. He's a new transfer. Like yeah, recruited. he's supposed to be the jock. Right. He turns into the nerd. Exactly. Yeah. 
that's <laughs> that's great. And then we meet the stoner Marty, who that is a great intro. The true Chekhov's gun is his bong. Oh, that's true, hundred percent. I think it was real. Wasn't it was, it? Gonna, like and a, allegedly cost five thousand dollars. Fully to make. functional. And the actor was so ripped that they had to put loose clothes was, on. Oh, I saw yeah, your thunder. I was trying to find pictures <laughs> of this guy. I was like, how ripped could he so be? So like when everybody else jumps into the lake, which we'll get to eventually, he stays on the dock and it's because he did, they didn't yeah. want, it seemed out of character. Well, you can also tell they had him slunch, slouch yeah. too because he's a lot taller than that mm-hmm. in real yeah. life. And I don't think they wanted him to be this imposing person. Which is funny that he was cast then if that was. Well, he's case, friends but, with Josh Whedon. He uh, was in Dollhouse and then maybe a little bit in Buffy. I can't remember if he was a Buffy, but I had seen him in other Josh Whedon stuff so him and their buds I think he killed it comment Josh Whedon kind of like looks like Ron Howard to me a little bit yeah that's all but (laughs) I think I think Marty steals the movie oh yeah he's great yeah he's really same thing with the um stew and like that's it's always like those guys but I think I'm wondering how much of it is intentional because I think the point of how this movie's written is maybe Marty's supposed to steal the show because he's supposed to be the stoner that's like off in the side that nobody cares about but he's the only one putting it together because his weed is counteracting all the chemicals (laughs) they're pumping into the rooms that is such a funny and he's established as being a conspiracy theorist yeah Mm mm-hmm which comes out it's not a conspiracy. Can we talk about the uh, the fact that anytime a college is mentioned in like any movie or show, it's always like he goes to tech or he goes to mm-hmm. state. Yeah, he goes He's to like, state, he goes to tech. He I goes just to find that funny. transfer yeah. from state. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so you can put yourself there. It's whatever exactly. state you're in. Yeah, John was probably watching be like, I went to state. I went to state. That was me. Alabama state. Alabama state. <laughs> not I'm just quite like, the same. I'm just like these guys. <laughs> I like how we're they're they're. I like how their plan is they're going to Chris Hemsworth, Kurt, his cousin's cabin. Okay, and I like it's not to fast forward to the end, but how one of the last lines of this movie is Marty being like, you know what? Now that I think about it, I don't even think Kurt has a cousin. Roll credits. I think that is the last line. It's it's such a good concept because no one questions about like his cousin. They just keep saying like, why would your cousin have bought this? But Kurt never brings up who this cousin is. It's a great just like drop off. Which makes you think, how did Kurt, how did he bring this up and like where is what's his well angle? it's the same thing how they got to um his girlfriend like and put the chemicals in her hair dye like it just is yeah they just they were set them in full up. control yeah because yeah. because i mean they made it as if like they found these friends there's five of them and they're just going to manipulate them into an archetype to then just kill them so right. it's like at least we have five friends we can mold them yeah they have to they have to fudge the results um, yeah, the first like horror film stereotype though is the on the trip up there is the gas station man <laughs> who's uh, telling them Mordecai. To, Mordecai, Mordecai. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just so funny. <laughs> yeah, Mordecai telling them that uh, like nobody ever comes back and like the classic just tropes of like you're all gonna die kind of mentality and of course <laughs> you've they, got enough gas to get up there. We're coming back. It's gonna be up to you. <laughs> I did. I did like how they just jumped right into like there wasn't much build up. It, it was like five minutes. Here are the characters. Okay, they're that going to the yeah. Cabin. They're going like to the there cabin. just wasn't much more. Wasn't it, more it's a very well paced movie. Yeah, like it's only an hour thirty minutes, and I feel like they use that time so well. There's no need. 
I honestly would not have added any more time to this movie. It's the it's paced perfectly. Well, they got to get through this fast in order to get to going downstairs right like getting into the elevator like we've got him we've got to truck it right but even when they get down in the elevator there's no reason to slow down the pace because once they're down there floodgates yeah we're already we're already past the rubicon there's no going back so like might as well wrap it up but yeah the the gas station attendant's great i love it when they call him or when he calls the control room later and has him on speakerphone phone. <laughs> It's so because he's talking in like weird biblical, like the blood shall run. You listen to me, boy. <laughs> Am I still on speakerphone? Yeah, just the snap out of it. They're like, I can hear the echo. I'm still on speakerphone. <laughs> oh, I did it again. <laughs> so good. Why was uh, Chris Hemsworth holding a football while pumping gas that whole time? Did y'all notice? Because he was starting the jock turn. Like he was mm. slowly through his dialogue, turning more and more into a jock. And like, why not? It's good to hold the rock. Yeah. It's not like he was throwing it. I guess he is you you never working know. on uh, keeping it secure know. so he wouldn't fumble it. I like, uh, before we get to them getting to the cabin, because it's hard to remember in terms of the order of when it cuts back to the control room. Yeah. But I know at this point we're revealed in the control room. Um, you don't know the full extent of everything going on, but you do know these people have set up the kids. You know that. Well, yeah, because when the, first when they drive away and he goes up to the roof, the guy's like, they're on their way. Yeah. <laughs> what? So, like, you know something's going on, but they keep referencing how other countries are dropping the ball and that they're failing. And uh, they, like, keep showing clips from, like... Sweden messed up. Yeah, Sweden mm-hmm. had, like, a giant troll thing that fell over. And then, like, Madrid, there was just, like, a building exploding. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other Japan, ones. The Japan. Kids. Japan was the only one that was still in. Yeah, Japan. The US. And they had a 100% clearance record, which I loved because that's such a funny commentary on like just the horror genre that Japan's always like knocking it out of the park. <laughs> <laughs> what was the point of the the black character with the mustache who seemed to be like kind of like the little bit of a rebel, but then he, he, he got was, killed. I think he was supposed to be... He was their gateway to exposition. Yeah. Because he's, he's like, what's even going on around here? Yeah, like he, you, he, it makes you think he's going to like rebel and like turn against them or something, and then he doesn't. But <laughs> this is a great example of like, so there's creative ways to do exposition, and I think this movie nails a perfect way to do it because when all this is starting, they start taking bets on what monster's going to kill these kids. And since the guy's new, he's like, it's not even a asking what you're gambling on. He just starts a conversation about how messed up it is that they're gambling but through that explanation we start figuring out the rules that at a certain point the kids are going to decide what monster kills them how to you know they don't rig the game but they set it up to where these kids have to do certain things like you get all the beats in a maybe five minute conversation that doesn't feel forced as mm-hmm. opposed to like other movies where it's like the new guy and they're just reading off the exposition to him of like what the rules are. And well, and then he's, he's the, I mean, he's not the every man, but like he would be us in that situation right. where you're there and you're like, this mm-hmm. is messed up. Yeah. And when he's talking to the girl after like everyone quote unquote dies and she's drinking, you know, like some people are celebrating she's drinking. Cause she's like, yeah, we just killed more people. I suppose yeah. she just doesn't like it. But yeah, the the setup being for what this game it I say game loosely. It's a game. Is uh it's their version of sacrificing teenagers to the gods. But it's also a meta commentary on the horror genre. And I think they blend that very well. I just I don't know, I just love 
the pot shot at Japan and especially like the joke of the style of horror film that it is where it's a bunch of kids stuck in a classroom with like a demon ghost. <laughs> oh well, my God. And it looks like, uh, is it the grudge? Yeah. It's it definitely like, look it looks like the grudge monster or the ring monster tomorrow or whatever. But they mentioned that like, we haven't had a mistake since the glitch in 98 and that was the chem. Yeah, and that was the fault. Kim department. Mike, do we want to talk about what we think that glitch is? Well, I want to see what John thinks that glitch John, is. John, what first. do you think the glitch is? Because they make a reference saying the only time there's ever been a failure uh, was in 1998, and that it was mm-hmm. the Kim department's fault. It's a subtle line they just say. Is it referencing some movie that came out yes. in 98? Yes. What what movie? What horror what? movie do you think that is? I'm trying to think what movie came out in 98. That's tough. Have we done it? No, we've definitely su- talked I've about doing it. it. I've suggested it. Um, it has John Stewart. Oh wow, that's a that's a great clue. <laughs> Without it being too on the nose, <laughs> I applaud that. I'm sorry, that's a derail. That's I don't just, know that I'm gonna get great. this. It's got Gene from X Men. I don't know that actress. I mean, it has name. Elijah Wood. Yeah, The Faculty. Oh, I have not seen that movie. And why does it? Why was it a glitch? So, if you haven't seen The Faculty, it's aliens attacking these kids. It's we might a, do it later. It's as a great, a movie. awful movie. It's a great, yeah, weird horror film. But in that movie, none of the kids die. So, none of the tropes die. And the reason they beat the monster is because one of the kids finds out the drugs he sells are a diuretic that can kill the monster. <laughs> Neat. <laughs> is it Elijah so, Wood, the kid? No, uh, yeah. that's Josh Hartnett. Yeah. More like Josh Heartbreaker, am I right, guys? Anyway. I mean, he was until Pearl Harbor, and then he... Well, well no, there's that one movie where he's, like, in a cabin, fucking that chick for a while. Oh, what is that movie? I know what you're talking about, but... Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. After that, he falls off until Penny Dreadful, and then he's fallen off again, so... But we there's no proof of that, but that seems to be the consensus mm. that the faculty is what they're referencing, because that's a clear example of... It checks all the boxes of... Well, it, what all the boxes are not checked. Well, yeah. Yeah, that should have been checked. But there's also a and theory. And it's a chemical thing. There's also the theory, though, that if, like, if you Google 1998 horror films, there are so many bad ones. Like, and I don't mean the sense of, like, oh, there's always bad horror films. I'm talking about, like, ones that really made it to the box office and stuff like oh, that. that, that are also just came out trashed. in 98? Yeah. It's those. <laughs> But yeah, that's a fun little Easter egg. And there's a bunch of that Easter eggs, but that was such a dropped line. But yeah, once the kids get to the cabin, uh, the classic. Uh, you know, Wait, can I say something before they get there? We see the bird run into the wall. Oh and yeah, so, like the. So you know, there's them, a force field. Yeah, like the audience is kind of in on it in at that point. Worst. <laughs> CGI. <laughs> yeah, that's not like, a great CGI. It kind of made me laugh. In the trailer, when it comes out of the cave, you're like, "That looks so bad." Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just want to say, uh, and it yeah, made me it made bad. me look up what the budget for this movie was, which was surprisingly a lot. Well, it makes sense mm. though if that was one of the last because usually CGI like that is added so much later, and it would make sense that once Liongate Lionsgate acquired it, they didn't want to put that much more into it. So that probably was like a weekend, just slap on sign of a force field. I hope. That's just what it seemed like. $30 million budget, allegedly. 
But yeah, so they they get there. They uh, they find out their rooms are really creepy. The cabin itself yeah. is really creepy. There's and the, the cabin looks just like the Evil Dead cabin. Intentionally, it is. It's basically the Evil Dead cabin. So that's another reference. Why did he bring the dirt bike? Because like you see the dirt bike the whole time, just hitched on the back. But like when you see where they go, it's like where was he gonna go riding? Why not, that? man? I mean, yeah, I could see it being a, like we don't know what it's gonna be like up there. I'll bring it and see. Maybe we can use it. Hmm. And okay. he does. He does. <laughs> and he uses it well. <laughs> so as funny. well as you can. As well as you can. He was going to make the jump. He, he would have if the wall wasn't there. Yeah, 100%. He had <laughs> Great it. form. Evil Knievel would have been proud. But, uh, yeah, the, the two-way mirror thing is a weird red herring that ends up not mattering. But it's a character development, right? It is. Classic horror. The guy would have watched her do it. 10 times that's he'd true like, oh yeah and he'd probably pull his own pants down and be like yeah let's get this that's true that does <laughs> that sets up a um the like yeah 80s slasher like trope of there has to be nudity every like certain amount of minutes or whatever so did he win you guys over by doing that were you like oh this guy well, okay this so nice this guy, guy who is this guy this actor, the actor um his name Grey's anatomy oh jesse right? williams oh he's in Grey's anatomy oh is he in Grey's anatomy i think so because we know him from the video game becoming human detroit, detroit becoming Become human <laughs> where he's an android that's pretty awesome <laughs> i've seen you before <laughs> but yeah that's the the paintings really weird that's very over violent there. uh we don't see a lot of the other rooms we see marty's but there's nothing weird in that one yeah we really just see them when they go when they pan back into the control room after they like swap rooms and okay so this is kind of strange. So the guy saw the one-way mirror or whatever, and then he switches rooms with Dana, and then immediately starts stripping. Like, was he trying to... Oh, I think so. He had to be. I think I he mean, was. I think he was flirting. Come on. He's pretty ripped. Yeah. Yeah. We were the, about to see if he was hung or not. Actually, <laughs> wait, hold on. Now that I'm thinking about the two-way mirror, though, no, that one wouldn't way. work. Or one-way mirror, sorry. Wouldn't make sense because i was trying to think of you find out later in the movie the torture cat like basement yeah, is below that bed room. and so i was thinking oh maybe it's so you could no but that wouldn't make sense because if it was down in the basement there's no need to have the like a viewing room mm-hmm. i don't know so i don't know that's yeah, what were they watching i wonder like I why is it set up that way or just to be i think it's just another maybe just a mysterious like yeah something's afoot or it could be referenced to one of the scenarios that we don't get to see because they choose the the zombies but um a slight refill on our on mimosas our sorry John the, brought the tribune it's excellent yeah the the lake scene when they go to the lake that doesn't really end up requiring anything i do think that was a really smooth move by chris hemsworth though of how to push a girl in the that was pretty the, what's that in the water like really make it they were like actually creepy. cute yeah they see their psa reference at the beginning was also cute yeah the the who where did you where did you learn these things who gave you these i learned by watching you <laughs> just, uh, was, i loved that <laughs> i'll give it to him yeah like, they seemed funny. like a real couple which is also anti every other couple in the movies where it's just really what? annoying well because in horror films that's the couple everyone hates because they're fighting and then they're just hooking up like and we really like them but in this yeah they're genuinely nice people um yeah but other than that the the lake's kind of whatever it's it's the lake at night is when it really ramps up because then they really start falling into the stereotypes like chris hemsworth calls that guy egghead and yeah the girl is dancing very pro- provocatively and marty's yeah. like what in yeah. the world he, yeah he calls it out of just being like ah 
since when has when has Kurt ever called anyone an egghead? He's on a full academic, academic scholarship. scholarship. Yeah. <laughs> I love how he had the Letterman jacket on. Too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like wearing it around. And uh, yeah, it's like in Jules or was that her name? Yeah, Jules is like not like that. She's very like nice and proper and whatnot. So I don't know. I, I like that's when that starts, and then uh, this is when the horror film starts by the cabin door well, flying they start open. Truth or dare. Oh, we get yeah. that super hot making out with the wolf. I was about to say, did y'all think the wolf was going to do something? I thought like, the wolf move? was going to bite her or something, but I yeah. th- I, that was my first viewing. Yeah. Because I was like, what's what's going to happen? What's the setup? They all bet on different things. Like, what's what could this be? And then um, there's some people online who think that's related to the werewolf. But oh. I don't know what that would be because everything's yeah, well, supposed to be down in the basement. Yeah, it just huh. is a wolf's head. Yeah. Although, fun fact, that tongue and the head was covered in powdered sugar to make it taste better. Ugh. That actually, like, freaks me out more. <laughs> but, the, yeah, the, hot the, stuff. the door to the basement flies open. And one On of my, Dana's truth. Which, and then um, Chris Hemsworth was a little douche about it. Oh, yeah, he's being a dick about it. Well, because yeah. he's falling to that douche stereotype. We all know it's going to happen. But one of, my, one of my favorite lines of the movie is the door flies open. Chris Hemsworth just goes... Oh, the wind must have blown it open. And Marty just says, that makes what kind of sense? <laughs> <laughs> like, as they're all moving yeah. towards it. Because <laughs> it's so true. It's just yeah, like, in horror, awesome. movie, in horror movies, that happens all the time where they're like, oh, man, like, maybe the wind came through or something. It's like, what? No, that's, that's not how that works. <laughs> if you're in that situation, though, you're probably trying to justify something crazy that just happened. Like, because you're not in the mood of, like, this you're is a... You're thinking, like, the, 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 the gods, like, the ancient ones. John, we got to pull you out of that. Yeah, pull me out, guys. But this is this is my favorite. Pulling John. <laughs> this is my favorite part of the movie when when they're down in the basement and they're looking all the stuff down there because there's just all this shit. It looks like an antique roadhouse room, and um, like your cousin's into some weird stuff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're just unfazed, but it's like, yeah, I don't think this is his. <laughs> but they all start. They're all attracted to a different object. I like that. I like that they're all pulled to something different. Uh, and it's fascinating because it's like Jules is attracted to a, a, a necklace. necklace that's on a wedding dress. And I think if I, I have the whiteboard pulled up on what they bet, I think that is, there's one just called The Bride. So I think that has to be, be that. Can you explain for the listeners what whiteboard you're referring to? I feel Sorry. like we haven't brought it up yet. When we talked about the gambling, because all the different departments in the office that we cut back to have placed bets on what monster will arise and attack these kids. And it's, it's everything from werewolves to zombies to clowns. Um, they have, uh, giant witches. We have witch, witches, sexy, sexy witches. witches. <laughs> we have zombies and we have zombie redneck torture family, which is an important, <laughs> dis, you know, difference. We have dismemberment goblins. We have vampires. We have dragon bat. We have Kevin. We have Kevin. Who's who, Kevin? That is a reference to uh, Sin City. Elijah Wood's character. Who is creepy. Yeah, he's a serial killer in Sin City. He literally gets dismembered, and then he's still just, like, chilling. Yeah. It's awesome. What? <laughs> Mummy. We've got a giant snake. Angry molesting tree, which is a reference to Evil, Evil Dead. Dead. Which, like, also didn't make it to the remake, thank God. Well, kind of did, but not really. Not in the molesting oh, well, not way. In the, yeah, of the not first in the way one. of the first one. You're right. Uh, the twins, uh, the doctors, the dolls, which I think is a reference to uh, the strangers. Okay, 
That's that's what I took. I mean, they, uh, they, they came like out it. of the elevator at the end, I guess. Yeah, that's and who they t- I, Yeah, that that makes sense. Uh, there's one called the Huron, and when I Googled it, it just kept coming up with a Native American tribe. So I don't know what that means. What about Lord Huron? <laughs> and it's just him singing <laughs> Nightly Met. Uh, there's and everybody uh, else in the world, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> and that song. <laughs> nice. There's the Merman, which is important. Which is what the one guy always wanted. Yeah, Hadley. That office member. Uh, there's the Scarecrow folk, which is actually kind of scary. When they show up later, that's actually pretty scary. But yeah, so that's... There's a lot Was of the them. spider on there? Because you see that spider later. Spider. But, so not on the terrifying. list. It just says alien beasts. Mm. And then I don't see spiders on here. The sugar plum fairy. I don't think we ever see that <laughs> Frightening. one. Frightening. The, the unicorns on there. We do see the unicorn. Oh, yeah, we do. Uh, yeah, I don't see the spider, but that's definitely in the elevator. Mm-hmm. So oh, there's a lot of stuff in the elevator that's not on that list. Yeah, so maybe they just like there's certain things they don't rotate through. I could see it being a thing where the cabin has its own list of scenarios, and there's other places that they have different scenarios well, for. Yeah, we already s- know. Well, at least that part can't be true since the is it. Um, the nerd dude picks up the Pandora's box, basically like Hellraiser. Oh yeah, that's the pinhead. He's not on the whiteboard, hmm. and he's oh like, no, he is. He's just listed as Hell Lord. Oh, because cool. I think because yeah, he's supposed to be a pinhead ripoff, and that's what Chris Hemsworth's playing with. What a cool idea! It's so cool, but like, hold on. So let's try to pair him because it's so. I think uh, Lori or whatever's playing with the bride's object. Uh huh. I think Chris Hemsworth is playing with Hell's Lord, so Hell's Lord, Hell Lords, so the pinhead kind of mm, Hellraiser thing. The Cenobites, that's what they are. Oh yeah, I think that's what they're called. Um, the guy who's supposed to be the nerd is playing, or is playing with the uh, the wind up like ballerina, and is this is where he finds here? his glasses. Right. Is that on here? The ballerina of some sort? Because you see her later yeah, in the elevator. Yeah, I was going to say you see her. But I don't see Plus her on the on the list here. Maybe that's the Sugar Plum Fairy, and it's just a reference oh, to the ballet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that could be it. Okay. And then uh, Marty is looking at film, and I think that's possibly the dolls. Because I could see it being a thing where they film their murders. So it could be a thing where they, f- like, if he's looking at the film, it's just showing the murders. But Golly, and that's a little heavy, like, because, you know, Sinister came out. Right. Which, that's a good movie. But mm. that one, that one's kind of a toss-up. I don't know what yeah. the film one necessarily could be. Then we have the conch. The conch. I love how close <laughs> he was to blowing the conch. And that would have been the merman, mm. for sure. Would that have been like a lake thing? Like when they're in the lake, you think, would have gotten them? Yeah, that's what I'm curious. If it had been the merman, how they would have forced them to keep going back into the water. Or maybe they would have had it where the like the lake rises and they're like getting flooded. Oh, oh that would be crazy. Yeah. Could be this. I could see that being a thing. Do you think cool. they have other settings for this? I think, like, I think they have the that area set up to where they can do multiple ideas. <laughs> that would be my how it's like set up. Because I had in my notes when... So the one they end up getting is because she reads the diary. And so yeah, that's... She reads the Latin and Marty's like, what do you do? Stop. I, yeah, I draw the line at reading, reading the Latin. Latin. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that ends up being zombie redneck torture family, also known as the Buckners. 100% but, clearance rate. 100% clearance rate. I do wonder, though, how they set up the house because 
say the werewolf one or say the hell lords one with the black room that they find later still been there oh i'm sure if you know let's go with the hell lords 100 percent in the black room but do you think the black room would have been different like the aesthetic like i'm curious how much effort they put into on the fly like setup because sure you know they're in the cabin but i wonder if things would have changed in terms of what they find i don't know because that that almost makes it sound like it was already pre-set up to be the The, redneck people but it wasn't right because it has to be they pick so, I don't know. It's it's an interesting... And then they were always going to come from that elevator, it seemed like. Right. Or unless, I imagine with like the merman and things like that, there's like a trapdoor in the lake. But <laughs> Why did they have to pick? Because it's part of the rules. They, they have all, to pick their demise. Like in the horror movies, they're always yeah, going they're, to the lake or they're always interacting with the haunted object. They yeah. always initiate. And mm-hmm. they're always warned in some form or manner to not, to not do, do that. And so, so is there warning the Mordecai? Well, his was just don't go up there. Yeah, don't go mm-hmm. up there. And then the idea of like a creepy basement door just opening. You're just gonna go down there, and then you're just playing with these objects. You're just gonna read Latin. <laughs> you read Latin out of a book, good nerd. <laughs> well, like in the Necronomicon, it like it's literally skin. It's yeah. like what the heck? Yeah, they do a bad job with that in the uh, the remake of Evil Dead because he has to like clip the barbed wire and shit, and you're like, and he's still reading it. Yeah, you're like, come on, man, what? <laughs> Get out! It's like I don't care if you're like the most hardcore atheist in the world. That's some stuff you don't. You know, you're just like, no, nah, better safe than At sorry. At least just take it with you and leave. Yeah, <laughs> but don't read it there. <laughs> some light beach reading. But yeah, so they read the book. So now the the Buckners are on their way. Who are man. a Family, according to the diary, that loved to torture. And if I understood correctly, they thought torture and pain was like a religion to bring them to God or something. It's a little close to how, you know, I'm playing Far Cry 5 right now. Oh, yeah. And it's a little bit like that, you know? Oh, I see that connection. The, uh, I want to know what the Deadites are. I'm still looking at the different. No, the Deadites are uh, Evil Dead. Oh, the Deadites are Evil Dead? Yeah, that's what they're called. Oh, okay, that's cool. Giant Snake was very obvious. <laughs> I don't think we ever saw sexy witches. We did see witches. Maybe they were supposed to be sexy. I don't know. Well, there's two different categories. There's witches and sexy witches. Yeah. We Who's did see to clowns. Say? Who's to say? Yeah, with the Buckters attacking, this is when like things go into high gear of them manipulating the situation because Chris Hemsworth and uh, Jules. Jules go out for some... Woods fornicating. I love the when he's chasing her. She's he's legitimately like, "Why are you running?" (laughs) (laughs) And then like all the guys in the office are watching. Yes, that Uh, made me laugh so hard. I had that down too. They're like, "Get out of here!" He says, um, "Your basic human needs disgust me." Like, get out of here. (laughs) Gosh, but yeah, the they keep manipulating the temperature and they turn up the light on the 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 spotlight. Yeah, Yeah, they look perfect spot. Just setting it up for some classic slasher sex scene. Um, and then uh, the Buckners find him, of course. Her death is actually pretty brutal. Brutal. I, I forgot. Yeah, that I got me. It's yeah. the worst one, I think. Like, her, I think it's partly how she acts to it, but her being dragged after being like bear yeah, trapped. That weapon was, uh, yeah, bear trap. Yeah, it was a bear was, trap on a chain. Yeah. 
what and yeah they had precision accuracy with and it. yeah it hitting her in the back and her being dragged ah uh, just like her screw ah uh, it was that hurt me that hurt me i don't know that that was definitely the most brutal and then she gets decapitated her tated gets decapitated I don't know how Chris Hemsworth didn't die at, at yeah. that part either. That's probably how he got Thor. They're like, that dude can get stabbed. <laughs> and he just He's just pushing through. But yeah, I, I liked how they did that where, because it fit with the horror thing of like, you see her die kind of off camera. Like, you know, she's dead. Like hundred mm-hmm. percent. It's not like a At least vague. that's a throat. Well, yeah, but you don't see the point of contact. It's literally the noise and it fades to black. When it's back in the cabin. Then it's uh, Chris Hemsworth like busting through Marty the door. Marty going outside. Oh, it's Marty going outside. You're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he almost gets stabbed by the little girl. And Chris Hemsworth clotheslines her. I laughed. I rewound it because I laughed so hard. I did not notice how he just lays that girl out. I hope that was like a real stunt person. And Chris Hemsworth just TKO'd this little girl. Just boom. Is that when Marty has the line about like, oh, my parents are going to see how big of a pothead I am? No, is, that's, is that later? that's later. Uh, okay. This was that. This when he goes outside was he's smoking weed reading uh like a nemo book and yeah uh, i need to read a book with pictures yes <laughs> and while he's smoking he keeps hearing the voice saying oh, to yeah. go on a walk and so he freaks out <laughs> he's like no no i make my own decisions i'm not falling for you puppet masters i'm gonna do what i want i'm gonna go for a walk <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah and he just walks outside but the chris's were safe sam you're right and then they're in the cabin Full lockdown mode. And Chris Hemsworth says the smartest thing. We're going to go room to room. We're going to barricade. We're going to stick together. No matter what, we have to stick together. And you're like, yes, <laughs> logic. Let's do this. Nope, can't have that. They pump chemicals into the room where he's immediately just, that's not right. We should split up. You know, cover more ground. More ground. <laughs> cover more ground. Yeah. Just, <laughs> everyone go to their rooms. <laughs> it seems like a terrible. That, that's. That's when he uh, Marty finds the camera. Yeah. He's like, we're all puppets. Yeah, and he gets dragged out of the room by the window. And yeah, because he thinks he's on reality TV for that split second, which is hysterical. But then, yeah, he gets, quote unquote, killed off camera. But So right before all that happens, we have Dana and Detroit Become Human on the couch. And then he's like, what if I say, am I going to lose points if I say I'm having a good time? And she's like, no, you can do that. And then she's like, I've never been with anyone. Why am I saying that? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. She does drop that line and she's like, wait, like, why would I? No, I mean, like. And- oh, I didn't catch the, 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 I mean, I heard her say that, but I didn't make that connection with like her not being a virgin. Yeah. Until the end. Like she's making she's a, I'm a virgin, virgin statement. She's like, but I, what? Yeah. And he's even like nothing you don't want to do and like being mm-hmm. the respectful guy, but it's. Yeah, it's it's very much more set up, but uh, yeah, because though after so after Marty goes out the window and um, alleged allegedly dies, um, yeah, because at this point they've done the they've gone over and they've like shattered the thing for the blood, and, right? And they've yeah they've gone into um, oh yeah the I forgot after. Lori died. That's when our first sign of this is some sort of ritual sacrifice comes into play. Lever. Because he pulls the lever. And I told Peter this. I have no confirmation. This is my personal it's take like, on the scene. This is borderline English teacher reading Robert Frost. <laughs> oh, okay. Thanks I'm for excited that to hear this. <laughs> so, it, I Jules, do like it, though. Jules dies. Uh-huh. 
they they do the weird little prayer in the office of like we do this in remembrance of your wrath whatever nonsense then they go over and pull the lever when Uh they pull the lever there's like a solid 10 15 seconds of just them filming gear work like as it's following it like the blood flowing through the before before they crack the yeah before it cracks the blood it's literally just holds on these gears turning and when i was Uh watching it I thought it was some kind of shot at Lionsgate because Lionsgate's logo is the gears turning in that same way. And then it reveals the doors and it's like... And in the early like 2000s and stuff, they were the shitty horror movie. Yeah, they were the... If you saw that logo before a trailer, you're like, this is going to be a horror film. 90% sure it's going to be a, I'm not going to see this. Didn't they make Saw? Or produce Saul? I'm not saying they haven't made good ones. Oh, okay. I'm just saying just early on. I'm just saying that they're like known as the And you're also not saying every Saw movie's good. That's true. Good point. But I kind of wonder if that was an intentional Josh Whedon shot at Lionsgate of just because it, it just how much they focused on the gears huh. through me. I was like, what, how would that be a shot at them though? That they're sure. responsible for the pattern. Yeah, that they're mm-hmm. they're they uh, contribute to the pattern. They are a huh. part of the system. Oh, oh. So it's either that or like it's a bunch of gears and it's super old. So it's been a thing that's been going on a long time. Like that yeah. could also be it. But like, or just I, a creative I personally way to like set it the up. Lionsgate thing. I think that's funny. <laughs> that's an interesting idea. Yeah, hot take. But yeah, it was so my you, test, you see I the say yeah, thanks, Mister Burst. You see the blood break, and so then it goes to a portrait, like a carving thing of um, a woman that's kind of like unrobed. And so, the whore. Yeah. <laughs> yes, as later revealed to be the whore. She's already been called the whore by Mordecai. <laughs> by Mordecai. <laughs> but yeah, so is this where we find the black room, right? Because they break through the window. She's got to go to the other room because they're all locked in their bedrooms now, except for Chris Hemsworth. And they find the. Because he's Thor. Because he's Thor. <laughs> But yeah, again, I I'm curious if the black room would have been different if they had selected a different object. I'm gonna vote no. You think it was just there? I just, then? It doesn't. No one was on site to change things. But so, do you think there's a lot of things that they could have discovered if other things had been selected? Like, like maybe that. Like I was saying, maybe that mirror, the one way mirror, is a setup for one of the other. Mm like monsters they could have selected. I don't know. I think all that stuff is in the basement. Nothing up top is monster specific. Well, but that's in the basement. The black room is technically in the basement. Oh, not the mirror though. Oh, okay. So the mirror is just whatever. Oh, the the um, cover for the movie, the poster makes it look like a Rubik's cube, like the, uh-huh. the whole cabin. So maybe it can be twisted and turned. Yeah, to maybe suit. they can manipulate rooms. I don't know. They can do a lot. They had a lot of buttons that they did not press. Yeah, mm-hmm. so maybe there is true. a rotating room situation. Maybe we can just blame uh, the budget. Blame Lionsgate. Maybe. Blame Josh Whedon. <laughs> let's just, yeah, let's just blame Josh Whedon. Blame. I think, I think he got me too anyway, so like, yeah, let's just knows? blame him. Everyone got me too. Me too. Is that a, the verb now? <laughs> the people that got me too can be like, yeah, me too. Oh, God. <laughs> Yikes. Anyway, where were we in the movie? Yeah, um, God, I got... I have a little hot flash right now. Sorry about that. <laughs> Hand sweaty. So, so they find the black room. That's just more of like at this point, something. it's it's only for them because at this point in the movie, we know what's up, mm-hmm. but they don't. So they think they're uncovering more of the mystery of the uh, the Buckners, and this is where he would torture them and whatnot. And 
Uh, we <laughs> almost we almost lose um, Egghead. We almost lose uh, was it Holden? That guy. Holden but, head. <laughs> but Dana is able to save him by stabbing him through the face with a crowbar, which is pretty cool. Take that. Uh, they they they're able to break away with Chris Hems- Chris Hemsworth to the RV and they're making a run for it. I liked this that the the road wasn't caved in and so they were <laughs> yeah. gonna make it. Like they almost escaped just through negligence of the maintenance crew not blowing the bridge. After they didn't they receive the order. Yeah, right. They didn't receive the order. But that's a great scene of like while they're racing up the road, he's running through like an office space. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was out a of good my scene. way. Out of my way. <laughs> they're getting a call from the director or whatever. Or no, this is before yeah, that. Yeah, this is before that. But yeah. Uh so yeah, then that's I, I think it's kind of funny. Like the whole situation, if you were in those kids situations, would be mind blowing and everything's awful. But you gotta have like a <laughs> mental break when you're like, how the fuck? Does a road just explode? (laughs) (laughs) That plus this next scene of Chris Hemsworth trying to evil Knievel over the gap, which, as we said earlier, he had it. He He had had the clearance, but he runs into that. You're going to have to give it everything you got. Yeah, I love the setup, like how heroic it makes him about to look. Yeah, he's like, I'm coming back with (laughs) the music, shoppers. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to do this. <laughs> this is great. He's like, you got you got 100 yards of clearance, but you're going to have to get everything you got. <laughs> and it sucks because you know that force field's there. So you're just watching be like, no. No, don't. Don't do this. Don't. You feel like Obi-Wan. You're like, don't try it. <laughs> it's almost like the other guys when you're like, you thinking what I'm thinking. Yeah. Hey, for the bushes. <laughs> it really is that moment where you're like, oh, no, 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 What? <laughs> And it's funny to think in Chris Hemsworth's career at this point, because he wasn't a household name, it's more shocking when it came out than I think it was intended. Because you're like, there's no no way they're going to kill Chris Hemsworth. But at the time of writing it and casting it, he's just as disposable as everybody else. Almost in retrospect, a Drew Barrymore move. Yeah, it really is. It's it's an unintentional that like wink moment like that. It's kind of funny. But he yeah, yeah he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> and he keeps hitting the force field. <laughs> Oof, yeah. Oh yeah. This is a rough fall. Oh, but yeah, that's got to blow your mind. You're like the road explodes, there's zombies and now there's a force field. What is going on? <laughs> if you don't feel like God has it against you in that moment. Yeah, that's a moment of you just sitting there being like, so we're going to die. Like I I guess this is it. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot, though, that I had missed the setup because I went back and rewound it because um, I missed the setup when they first got in the RV that there were dirty handprints mm-hmm. on it. Oh, which I implied missed that there completely. was a zombie Buckner oh. in the RV. How visible was that? I it's pretty visible. Oh, it's like it? a. Okay. I think I did just look down to write something, like write a note yeah, down. Yeah, me too. That's why I missed it. But that's why <laughs> I was he's doing homework. <laughs> but that's why he's on the RV when they're driving back to the cabin, and and, then, um, and Holden's giving that weird talk of like we're gonna drive through it, and you know if we can't drive through it, we're just gonna we're gonna have to walk away <laughs> out. Like we're gonna have to do this and. <laughs> You know, that weird talk. Yeah, that weird talk. And Dana's like, <laughs> Marty was on to everything. Like he he knew it. And it's like, don't go, don't get nutty on me. You're all I've got left. <laughs> <laughs> he's a transfer. He's fine. He's from state. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's from state. He's good with his hands. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he gets a knife straight through the face by a hidden zombie on the RV. Yeah, hate that. Gotta hate that. Then they crash Whoa, into heck. the lake. So and the, I I like that at this point, 
in the office's they're point cheering. of view. Yeah, they're cheering because like it's over. Yeah. They think it doesn't matter whether Dana lives. And that is honestly one of the funniest yet most brutal cuts in this movie is her getting onto Ugh, the dock. And yeah. Struggling in the background. With yeah. Ario Speedwagon. Yeah, Ario <laughs> Speedwagon's playing while she's getting the shit kicked out of her by a zombie and they're all celebrating and it's just the security guy being like, Why are you guys celebrating? She's not dead yet. It's like, oh, it doesn't matter if the virgin survives. As long as she suffers. Yeah, as long as she suffers and Boy, did she! I love that moment of that one guy be like, "And boy, did she suffer." I mean, I'm actually rooting for her. I mean, everything <laughs> she's been through and just tequila. <laughs> <laughs> tequila is my lady. <laughs> it's so good. They're both so good. Yeah, and so then they're having a party, thinking uh, they did it. Because at this point, um, haven't they already figured out Japan is shit the bed? Yeah, yeah. Because the, so. the kids. One of my favorite oh. moments in the whole movie is the kids defeated the monster by like holding a, hands and singing some love song, and they put into a frog and <laughs> the, little, the little girl going like we've defeated the ghost and it will forever live in this happy frog at peace and they're like yeah and like hugging and it's just them yelling at the screen like fuck you you little fuck. <laughs> 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 It's so good. It's oh man, I have I have to wonder if the Japanese audience saw the humor in that of like their own horror trope kind of mentality. It's, it's just so funny. I would actually love to watch a Japanese version of Cabin in the Woods, like the that would be the Japan's setup for a movie and how they would be different. It would be a hundred percent because their tropes are really hard to nail down. They're there, they're just not as color by numbers is ours <laughs> but yeah so they think they've won uh and then they get a call yeah they get a call let, from the director i love that he's they're called the director that it's sigourney weaver and that she is called the director it plays into that meta-ness but the fool's still alive and that's when we get to see marty i don't know how yeah like, he, it he just pretty brutal yeah he just <laughs> fought off that one zombie and then now he's Beating up with his bong, the other zombie. Also, they drove pretty far. So, like, like when they were trying to escape, so he would have had to go on foot to catch up with them. No, the dock was back at the cabin. So she had swam uh, up to the, oh, up okay. to the dock. Okay. Gotcha. So it wasn't that far for him. And he had been, as we find out, fooling with the elevator because he had found the entrance. And, uh, and they're panicking because she cannot die. Yeah, she Unless can't die. Dead. And yeah, it has to be him first. If she dies before him, it's just as ruined. So, um, is there some choosing uh, beggar gods? Yeah. Yeah, they, we they are, like, John. They like their formulas, John. Yeah. But once they get to the elevator, <laughs> that's when this movie goes to like 11 of just like, oh shit. It's insane. It's it's almost a completely different movie once they hit the elevator. It almost turns into like a sci-fi movie. It's pretty insane. I love how they do the elevator too, where it's just a constant rotating and they keep putting put next to different monsters. It's cool. It was really Wh- cool. Which one scared you guys the most? The giant spider, but that's just yeah, my own. That's my, that's my personal cross to bear. Me too, actually. <laughs> I mean, I like seeing the pinhead not being a pinhead, but like a saw head. Yeah, it saws in his head. Like That was it, creepy too. It was <laughs> cool because how they set up the whole thing is the, the, the guy, the security guard, you know, first day on the job down there, and he's like, these are nightmare fuel, or, and then she's like, no, these are... 
what, what nightmares come from. Yeah. You know, like making it real. So like in a way to skirt copyright problems, they just, they're all rip off versions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fun facts. So I love fun facts. <laughs> while the movie was still with MGM, there was a deal with Valve to have a tie-in to Left 4 Dead 2, which is why you see every yeah, enemy you see all the monsters yeah. in there because it was going to be like DLC level to like play through the what? cabin and everything like that. But when MGM went uh, belly up, they it lost the deal. I'm so bummed. That would have been so fun. I love yeah. that game. But I had noticed that like the boomer... Uh, the, the witch. Uh, the only one I hadn't seen was... Um, Oh, what's its name? Like the Titan, the big angry one. That because I saw the hunter, I saw the boomer, I saw the witch, and then the big like tank one. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot what that's called in the game, but I, I think I, it I might just see, be the tank. Is it just called the tank? But uh, I didn't see that one. But that was just with like my eye. Like I bet I could find it if I Googled it. But that's it's that's fun. fun. Makes me sad though that that didn't get you know made. But yeah, so this is when they figure out. Because they see the pinhead knockoff, Dana figures out, oh, they made us choose. Which was a really astute observation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, the more I think about it, the more I... Because this is where we see the the ballerina with the teeth face, mm. which I think is a reference to Silent Hill as well. Uh, I may That may be a stretch, but I feel like there were some monsters in Silent Hill that looked like uh, that. I mean, the nurses stretch. are scary. Yeah. But they have like triangle heads. But the, I feel like there's somebody with like a teeth face in that. I may be confusing it, but I do think that's the sugar plum fairy. The more I think about it, that makes sense. Doesn't uh, Pennywise have a? Uh, well, a they just call him the clowns. clowns. Uh, the clown. Well, I meant the teeth face like form. Oh, like he manifests himself that way. He's but like a. That's he, almost like a shark. Well, yeah, he's also like. Not to get too deep into he's it lore. He's a fucking turtle. Well, no, he's not a no, turtle. No, he's a spider alien thing. Yeah, who's, who's form we can't comprehend, so it takes the form of something that scares us. Which is a clown. Or a giant spider. Or a clown with rows of teeth. Or, or a mummy. We don't, we're, we're getting on it. Yeah. So at the, war with a turtle. At war with the turtle. The, they <laughs> get the off the elevator, though. I do think it was a little cheap, the zombie arm thing. That's kind of a whatever. But that could be uh, Evil Dead. I think it is, just the hand crawling. Because it does, like, fun fact about Evil Dead. I don't know if you've seen them. Have you seen Evil Dead? No. So Evil Dead 1 was supposed to be serious, turned out to be not that serious. Like, everyone (laughs) laughed at it. It's a midnight movie. So Evil Dead 2 is actually just a remake of Evil Dead 1, but leaning into the humor of it. And the tongue-in-cheek okay. nature of it. And the arm is so tongue... Like, it's so over-the-top ridiculous. It's like... Like, it's got, like, sound effects with the arm and stuff like that. Yeah. So, like, he fights his hand for, like, solid, like, 10 minutes of that movie. Yeah. It's pretty funny. But... Yeah, this is a great scene of just the security guards coming to get them while they're stuck in the booth and they purge the elevator. Which... Why is there a button that does that? Why not, dude? Because if it wasn't there, we wouldn't have this amazing scene of just watching all those armed guys go, oh shit, as all the elevators open and killer robots, a giant snake, a vampire bat, a vampire bat, two goblins in the background rip somebody in half. There's like a flying witch that sucks the soul out of one dude. I hadn't seen a scene this violent since, uh, is not Daywalker's. 
it might actually be called Daywalkers. It was a vampire movie. Oh, with Ethan Hawke? Yeah. When they all start exploding and eating yes. each other? <laughs> exactly. The end of that movie, I was like, this is everywhere. This is gore everywhere. This was that scene. Yeah. It and was, they were like, coordinated and working together the the nightmares oh the things. nightmares are because they're yeah. angry they've all been in these cages yeah i'd be pissed the uh i my favorite though okay so round one of that is pretty awesome <laughs> round two is so funny just because it's like it's that mental thing of like more <laughs> and just the fact that the booth is covered in blood there's blood everywhere a shining reference you know the Mm. elevator and all yeah. that. Yeah. Oh. And then um, the dragon bat thing breaks through the window, so they have to run for it. We get to see a unicorn stab some dude into the wall while musical, <laughs> like magical, mystical music's playing. And I bet you're wondering how a unicorn fights. And you thought maybe it was going to use its horn, and it does. It, it does. It's weird that that was one of the nightmares. Like, that was scary that it stabbed somebody with its horn. But, like, generally yeah. speaking, people aren't scared of unicorns, are they? Not until they see them use the horn that way. To be honest, that would have been a funny thing. Like, those kids having to fight off a magical unicorn. <laughs> I don't even want to know what the unicorn could do besides spearing you. I bet yeah. it's other magical things. Yeah, horses yeah, I bet are powerful so too. animals. Yeah. You think it knows a leprechaun? <laughs> Maybe. I'm surprised there wasn't a leprechaun reference of some sort. Mm. The uh, yeah, the clown's pretty brutal. Where it's the clown is going to the security guard and she's just shooting it and it's doing nothing. Um, the nurses dissecting that dude—that's mm. pretty brutal. They were all pretty brutal. Like I was. It's just like 15 minutes. It feels like of just of just death. awfulness. It, the yeah. one that made me laugh was there's one where a. Guy, I couldn't tell what his horror movie was, but he throws a lady into the at the giant snake, and the giant snake just snaps it up. I also like trying to find the killer robot. Oh, no, that was a um, that's the bad guy, like a cannibal, whatever thing from Serenity. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, the the alien race thing. Oh, that's crazy. That's a fun reference because Josh Whedon, Serenity. He yeah. also did Firefly. It's Serenity now. <laughs> I appreciate that reference. The uh, but he, nice catch. I'm surprised I didn't see that. You know, whatever. But I, I kept looking for the killer robot. He was my favorite because it was it was just a yellow robot with a bunch of buzz saws running around. And so like he kept he kept just running into people, killing people. It was it was fun to see. <laughs> so hard left turn. Still talking about robots with buzz saws. Uh, Veggie Tales, the Christmas episode where everyone what? wants a buzz saw, Louie. No, no, no one. Hard Gosh, left turn. It's it's the one where they're sledding, and he's like, "I wanted to play mousetrap." I don't yeah. think there's a you more hard dice, left turn. You move the mouse. mouse. Nobody, nobody gets, gets hurt. hurt. <laughs> but it's, I want to bust all Louie. Oh my god! Like that. What a reference. I, I've seen Veggie Tales. I don't remember bust all Louie. Well, you know, whatever. That so, was a ninety degree hard left turn. I'm still <laughs> talking about robots with bus sauce. <laughs> they might be the nightmares of some people. Bob and Larry. Could talking be vegetables movie. are horrifying. Ask Bill Cosby in the episode he used a sandwich before dinner. Oh, we don't use bed. that name. We don't use that name on this podcast. Um, Ask um, beep beep. <laughs> <laughs> the beep beep show. You know, with Theo <laughs> and beep beep. <laughs> Dr. Beep. The beep beep show. Buxable. Beeps. Raven. To get Simone. us back yeah. on track. Yeah. Sorry, so, robot. So slicing. at this point, the our our main characters in the office. Have, are being overrun by scarecrow people, which was pretty terrifying. But then the security guard does the only sane thing when you're getting ripped apart by scarecrows, and he just pulls the pin on that grenade, takes them all with him. 
What a way to go. And then do you guys think the writers or and the directors, like how did they choose which ones to deploy? Like you have all these nightmares at your disposal to like to kill these people. I bet, how do you I bet honestly, I bet that whiteboard was a version of the writer's room whiteboard where they just wrote <laughs> down horror film monsters and then they worked backwards saying, How can we make knockoff versions? And slowly whittled it down to like, what can we feasibly put on camera? You know what I mean? I bet it worked and like that. And then have enough different stuff right. in there. Also, why not a shark reference? Why no Jaws reference? Well, I think Where's the, the water, John? The lake. Well, the lake. I think the yeah, merman like, was as far as that goes. And even that, that would have been tough. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, that would have been a tough Freshwater one. shark. I mean, I've seen Piranha. Well, there was that there was that shark movie. I think it was called like Red something, Red River. Where it was, it was about a bull shark. Pool? It was about a bull shark that was at like a. I'm not an aquarium dude. Oh, well, bull sharks a freshwater shark. They're yes. the ones that you keep hearing about people in like the Mississippi River getting their arms ripped off. There the, also no uh, Freddy Krueger or Jason references, right? Just that's surprising. True. I guess. Well, Jason would have been hard to do because he kind of falls in line with that the big zombie that they fight. So that that's pretty close to that. Freddie, I mean, you'd have to do something with the dream. So that's kind of a hard one. You can't have the kids go to sleep. Or so, could you? Yeah, I don't I don't know. That's that's a tough one. But the merman, speaking yeah. of the merman. I mean, honestly, that's probably to skirt any sort of copyright stuff. Yeah. Mm. And uh the merman takes out our our homeboy who had bet on the merman. Which is great. And I like that his last words are just like you got to be kidding me. Like <laughs> It's a pretty brutal death. Fun it little was. trivia fact. Uh, I say fun trivia fact. In interviews, I'm having fun. The uh, the writers there saying that the blood coming out of the merman was like a nine minute scene, and they only took the last ten seconds of it. That's <laughs> hilarious. So they just made that actor like suffer through that. I mean, that's what they say. I don't believe it, but uh, oh, just man. like, can you imagine nine minutes of blood coming out of the back of a merman? The uh, why the, the, why. That lady, though, sadly gets grabbed by some sort of octopus monster, which I don't know what it would be. It's just some sort of octopus Probably. thing. It sounds Japanese. It's got tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> but our other guy makes Sushi. it away into the bunker where he runs into Dana and um, Marty. And they accidentally stab him. Uh, but this is the end game now. So they get to the ritual room where we get finally introduced to Sigourney Weaver, who I appreciate as the reference because she is a final girl. Like aliens counts, and they had their own alien thing on the whiteboard. So um, I appreciate that reference that she's the final girl talking to the final girl about how there has to be a final. Like I appreciated that whole meta ness. Allegedly, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was uh, in the lead for that. And she should have. That would have been great. Well, Sigourney Reaver heard that uh, there was werewolves, and she's like, I want to do something with a werewolf. Please let me do this. Well, that's anticlimactic. She barely does anything with the werewolf. The werewolf attacks... Like one moment. Yeah, Dana yeah. for like two seconds. I'm just... That's that's what they, they tell me on the interwebs, and I just have to roll with that. That's bizarre. Mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis would have been a more clear, because she's been the final girl like six times, but... I pre- so appreciate Weaver's Weaver. a strong second place. <laughs> Very true. I would say she's my favorite final girl because she's a badass final girl that can kick ass. So always down for that. But this is when we get the like final explanation of the full picture of this is their version of like throwing girls into a volcano as referenced earlier in the movie. And, uh, 
that if they don't kill the fool, the world's going to end. And so Dana has a brief moment of like, well, I have to save the world to try to kill Marty, but the werewolf yes. gets her. You feel, you feel powerful, Dana? <laughs> yeah. It's a good scene. And they ultimately kill, or well, the zombie girl that had followed them down through the elevator, which was weird. Uh, I, I, that was probably one of the weaker parts of the movie for me, but she ends up getting Sigourney Weaver. And, uh, I like, I do like though, the very end of them just sitting there smoking weed being like, well, the world's ending. It's like, it would have been cool to see these gods, I guess. And them like apologizing to each other is like, sorry, I almost shot you. Sorry. I let a werewolf attack you. (laughs) (laughs) Did Kurt have a cousin? Yeah. did, Did Kurt have a cousin? I also appreciated there was no. I, I don't think Josh Whedon's this type of director, but there was no forced romance mm-hmm. of any kind. It was literally just two friends that have known each other for forever. Like well, in, I, any sort of like moment, like when they're in the elevator and they're kind of hugging, like that comes across very platonic. Getting nostalgic to the very beginning when he's like, Dana, you've, you're like something yeah minx. sexy minx or something like that like it's all joke <laughs> like them holding hands seems plutonic like nothing about it is like a forced like you know you never you never asked me out kind of like <laughs> yeah, weird thing right. they could have done which would have annoyed me but then yeah left. the end of this movie is a which is this was the most controversial part of the ending which is a giant hand pops out and like grabs the ground and credits roll because the gods come back I was fine with it because I got at that point the metaphor. It's both the ancient gods and both us, like the audience is the other gods that will be mad if they don't follow these formulas. So I I think it works. I I think it's fine. It's a little ridiculous, but have you watched the movie up to this point? (laughs) Did you watch the the preceding 92 minutes? Yeah, it's pretty insane. But yeah, I, I mean... So much of this movie is so great and tight and works to what they're trying to message. I got a I got a question for John at the at the very near the very beginning when they're driving off, starting their adventure. Did you recognize the song that was playing? No, <sighs> it was a Switchfoot song. I didn't know. Oh, it, really? I didn't know Perkins it either. John. Blues thing. It's like, can you feel it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I was like, this. Something comes and goes. Switchfoot. Yeah. Oh man, you mean that secular band? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they John. They know God. <laughs> yeah, John. I I didn't know it either. I didn't know it either. So. Sorry, I did. It's the best song on that CD. So yeah, there's. I do love Switchfoot. We haven't really been doing as much recently, but in terms of the like, how would you fix it? I really can't think of anything I'd want to fix. There's only things I would say I would have been interested in seeing. Another monster. Like another chosen. monster. Yeah. Like, and it's not even a complaint against the zombies. Cause I think the zombies work well for the overall evil dead metaphor. Cause that's the, that's the biggest references they're making is evil dead. Well, it cracks me up when the, so the intern bets on them and then yes. they're like, you're going to have to split it with maintenance. And it's like, uh, I mean, okay. It's like <laughs> maintenance always picks that. Yeah. <laughs> if they were creative, they wouldn't be in maintenance. <laughs> like, Pardon me wishes we saw like a them loot like the kids lose and then it cut like the last scene is like showing them setting up another another set game. of teenagers in a different like in a i don't know beach setting or like a different setting yeah you know, beach is a bad one maybe but well that would have worked for your jaws analogy of like they end up on a jaw like a, they are setting up for a boat sailing thing yeah, where it's yeah. going to be like a shark or something like that um, I guess, you know, to answer that, Jenny, you can just watch 
any other horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like again, bes- besides, no complaints here. It's a great movie. <laughs> besides some of the weird like red herrings, like the one way mirror, which I do think is just to set up an unease with the house, and then like the girl following him down in the elevator is kind of weird. Like, there's nothing I can really point yeah, out she's and supposed say. Supposed to become like self aware. Well, I th- I wonder if there's some part of it that like they're targeted towards certain people, like. Like if they if there's some sort of because they're using chemicals and stuff to manipulate the kids, maybe they're using something to, to manipulate the monsters when they're put into a scenario to target certain people. So like maybe Dana was never in danger until the end because they're supposed to attack the other four. You know what I mean? Like that could be something. Like I I, I would buy it within the world they have set up because of. We watch them chemically manipulate them and things like that. I would buy that too because the monsters didn't turn on each other. They only targeted humans. Yeah. So that might add to And, that and there's a bunch of seeds where it would have made more sense for Dana to be the one they like attacked, but through circumstance, they attacked the other person. So, I mean, I don't know. It's interesting. But I mean, all in all, I mean, I, I, I highly recommend this movie. I think I watched it on Hulu. I don't know if it's anywhere else, but I'd definitely give it a shot if you haven't seen it. It's on Amazon. It's on iTunes. Probably Target, Walmart. <laughs> oh, to buy it. I would mean like streaming. Oh, why not buy the movie? I don't know. This is worth a buy. I'd buy the Blu-ray. I bet it's. I bet there's some fun behind-the-scene features. Yeah, put this on your list for Black Friday purchase. You know, grab it for a few bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Last thing before we close out, though, I would. I would. I wonder if on the Blu-ray, if there is an interactive whiteboard where you could click on the different like. Do you remember when that was a thing? When like the special yes. features had interactive natures, even like Clue, and there's like the alternate endings. Oh that yeah, you can, I know that's not exactly the same, but that's but like, that movie like in more. Harry Potter, the special features for Sorcerer's Stone was literally you could go to a section where the wall to Diagon Alley was, and you had to do the brick tapping to open it, and then you went into a whole new section of special features, and that was awesome as a kid. Wow. And I want to know if, like, you could click on each one of the whiteboards and get, like, a bio on what the monster was. You could get, like, a write-down on them. That'd be fun. Now they're hardly anything more than just, like, press play. Yeah, press play or scene selection. Oh, no, closed captions and language. That's important, too. But, yeah, scene selection and just play. (laughs) Special features nodded. Yeah, they don't got time for that shit. I mean, any final thoughts, John? I'd, I'd say it's worth your free time. It's a fun, fast-paced movie that's full of scares and laughs. Solid. And has Chris Hemsworth before he was cool. Yeah, before he was cool. <laughs> before he was, he was Fat Hemsworth. Thor. Before he was Fat Thor, yes. <laughs> I don't like him until he was Fat Thor. <laughs> I'm serious. I know you are. That makes me laugh so hard. Uh, but Peter, any final thoughts? Uh... I mean, the movie's great. Uh, I like. I put it next to Scream. Only like Scream, I think, is a more serious. Like it's a more serious whodunit. There's, there's not as much tongue in cheek. Yeah, and it's like Scream is a whodunit where this is like we know who's doing it. Uh, yeah, we. It's a it's a movie very much where we know the full extent of everything before the characters do. I just it's a great movie. Is I, this the great movie? Still great, great. <laughs> this movie is really good. What was John going to say? I, I was going to say, is this the first time that we have all been like super on the boat of worth your free time? In a while, maybe. Maybe in a while. Well, I mean, maybe the Conjuring. Since... Oh, that's it true. Conjuring. Recently. 
Maybe not. Conjuring, okay, conjuring it's a bad, maybe it's a bad, <laughs> uh, bad point. No, but I think you're right. We're usually... <laughs> we're I feel usually, like there's more dissension usually. Or at least we pick it apart even if we like it. Well, we this like is the more green room. A, that's true. We liked Kill Bill. We could talk like, about more of this off mic. It's kind of hard because I put weird names to these things. Yeah, you put really weird names, which can be fun for me when I'm editing, but other times it can be a bitch to find what movie we did. Like the last episode was to pun. all the boys I loved before, and I did to all the butts I lubed before. <laughs> yeah, you know how hard that is to find when you're like scrolling through <laughs> all these files, and you're like, is this... That can't be it. I, I mean, it's kind of yeah. That's it. Damn. Like Zany little, Poppins for Mary Poppins. You know, Zany like Poppins. it's like a little treat for you. It sometimes that's is. That's what I think. I've texted him before when I found it, and it made me legitimately laugh out loud. So that's fun. I don't know what he's gonna name this one, but we're gonna wrap things up. And uh, I don't know whose pick it is next, but should be pretty soon. Hopefully, with <laughs> yeah. the Corona stuff going on, I don't know what's gonna go down. But we're going back up. Going back up. We're yeah. hitting new records. But Miss remember Zach. to. Yeah, miss you, Zach. Remember right, to follow please. us at TMFD Podcast and then to you know write us at TMFD Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know if there's any movies you want us to do. We're not really doing a specific theme right now. It's kind of just loosely feel-good movies because we've been picking movies that we've enjoyed. So uh, we're probably going to keep that train rolling for a I little like bit it. longer. Uh, but just let us know if there's any you want us to do. Until next time, bye.